Hey, what's up? My name is Raylia Lewis, and welcome back to Everything is Everything. So this is my second official one-woman show, and so much has happened since I've spoken to you guys last. So I just want to fill you guys in on what's been going on and give you all my perspectives. So defunding the police is the first thing I want to talk about because there has been a lot of controversy surrounding this new movement. Now, I've heard very mixed messages about the statement defund the police. And most people are fearful of a world without police. So they assume that defunding the police means abolishing the police force in totality. Now, instead of researching what defunding the police truly means, people are choosing to spread false narratives and be against something that they really don't understand. Yes, defunding the police sounds radical. I'll admit that. But anything we do has to be radical to bring forth change. Defunding the police isn't about abolition. It's all about taking away a huge portion of the funds the police receive and using that money to fund black communities, properly train the people who are supposed to serve and protect us, and invest in adequate health care, education, and rehabilitation programs. Also, let's not forget that the police force was created as an evolutionary or alternative method to slavery. Okay? I feel like a lot of people forget the origin of the police. So I just wanted to... You know, remind y'all, add that in. So, the amount of money the United States spends on policing, okay, it's insane. According to a recent analysis, the sum is $115 billion, which is bigger than nearly every other country's military budget. While black communities struggle from a lack of funds, the police are thriving financially and abusing us in the process. For the people on the other side who are worried about crime rising, when was crime ever really under control? And history shows us that police are some of the biggest criminals, bullies, and thugs. Also, they really aren't the best at solving crime or de-escalating conflicts. As a black person, defunding the police doesn't scare me because the police never really made me feel safe. Even talks of another recession isn't scary because we've been living in a recession or worse than a recession since we've touched American soil. Like I said on the last episode, we're still celebrating homeownership and never going to prison in the black community. So when I heard defund the police originally, I wasn't fearful of that, nor was I against it. And I'm still not against it now. I understand the intent. I think that there has to be a shift. I think that cops need to be held accountable. I think that we need to be reminded of the origin of the police force, why they were created, who created them. And I also think that laws, that funds, funding need to be seized from that force and, and spread out throughout the black community. So I'm all for defunding the police. I think that it's a great idea. And I don't think that 
it will happen tomorrow. I don't think that it will look like what a lot of you guys envision it to look like, but I think that it's one step closer to the right direction or in the right direction. So moving on, some tweets went viral a few days ago exposing some popular girls on IG and tearing down women empowerment brunches. The girl bosses, you know, the girls that all the girls love to follow, love to hang around, the cool girls. Now, the young lady who made these tweets was not here for them at all. She felt like these brunches were nothing more than mean girl link-ups and felt the need to call out the woman who hosts these empowerment brunches. Now, in the past, I've attended a few, and most of them weren't necessarily empowering, in my opinion. So her and I have two different perspectives on the brunches, however. She felt like they were led with inaccurate info about how businesses were actually started. She said that a lot of these girls received money from drug dealer boyfriends, which I don't think is none of her business, but whatever. And she also felt like these empowerment brunches weren't for all women. She alluded that you have to be cool to be seen or welcomed in these spaces. On the other hand, my opinion, I see these brunches as another way to increase revenue for small and women-owned businesses. It's tough to get ahead as a black business, especially a female-operated business. So most women create more options for themselves and seminars and empowerment brunches can be extremely lucrative. You can make bank teaching a seminar or hosting a luncheon. You can sell products, you can network. So I understand why a lot of women host events like this. Now, my problem with this post and other posts like this is that I feel like they're often rooted in jealousy and hypocrisy. You want to call out women for being mean girls, right? But you're exposing people. And it's all about your perception. Your perception is causing you to go on social media and tear down women because you don't like the way that they run their businesses or the way that they come off to the world or to you. Now, I'm not speaking on exposing sexual abuse, predators, racism, misogyny, anything that harms people or oppresses people. I'm not speaking about issues like that because those things should be talked about. Those things should be exposed. I'm talking about petty issues like this. This isn't hurting anybody. And ironically, I saw a lot of women supporting these tweets and I was really surprised. Like so many people spread this false positivity madness and then they lead with more negativity. First off, let me make this very clear. No one is all positive. I don't preach all positivity. I don't lead with that. I know that we are all humans. I believe in duality. So I get it. Okay. Secondly, I've never met a woman or a human being that didn't gossip or, or that doesn't dislike another person. Calling out someone for being a mean girl publicly is a mean girl behavior. That's gossip to the core. You're literally tearing down someone because you don't like them or the way that other people like them. Like, it's really sad. It's one thing to not be a fan of someone, but to actually go to social media to expose them based off of baseless opinions. It's just evil. Like, you could be doing something else with your time and with your energy. 
And I also feel like certain things should stay in your circle, your circle of friends. Like every conversation doesn't need to make its way onto social media. Like why stop somebody else from getting their bag or why even try to? Why do you care so much? Stop calling women mean girls for getting caught doing the same things that you do privately. Yes, some people are mean. I'm not disputing that. Some people are meaner than others. Some people are self-absorbed, self-centered. I get that. But I refuse to go on social media to expose that. Not my style, not my business, not my fights. You know, I'll just let karma handle that because I feel like when you start to insert yourself in discussions like this, you have to be mindful of the words you use and, you know, the intent behind your words and the real reason why you are even presenting this argument to the world. Like what's leading this conversation? Are you jealous? Do you wish that you had the fan base, the popularity, the looks? I don't know. I'm just asking. I just feel like don't preach about positivity and lead with messiness. Because exposing girls who are trying to make it, who are trying to change their lives, like, you just seem like you're hating. And I'm not saying you have to agree with the way that everybody started their business, but that's not your business. And exposing that because they are successful now, it's just pure hate. And that's just my opinion, and I'm sticking to it. So it's voting time again, election time, and I voted about three weeks ago, but you know, certain states are voting later than others. So right now in Kentucky, they were going out to vote probably like two days ago. I'm like a little behind and things turned really messy at the ballots, at the polls. So voter suppression is still happening in 2020. For those of you who are unsure of what voter suppression is, here is the definition. Voter suppression is a strategy used to influence the outcome of an election by discouraging or preventing specific groups of people, black people, from voting. So a few days ago in Kentucky, where there's a history of voter suppression, ballots were closed, the polls were closed, And people who were waiting in line, waiting to cast their votes, were locked out of the voting booth after they waited in line for hours. That area in particular is a low-income area with a predominantly black population. Apparently, officials made voting very difficult by refusing to open most polls. So for that reason, thousands of people drove into one town, one voting poll, And that's where the overload happened. A video surfaced on the web showing angry people banging on the window to let them in so that they could exercise their right to vote. And when you look at the video, you only see black people banging against glass, trying to get in to have their votes counted. The system is really corrupt. And that's why I understand when black people refuse to vote because they feel like their votes don't really count or that. They don't really matter. Politicians have been stealing votes and making it difficult for the black vote to be counted for decades. I vote. I do vote. But I get why a lot of us don't. 
This is a prime example why a lot of black people are against politics and voting. They have never worked for us. And even when we go out to exercise our vote and to pay homage to our forefathers who fought for our right to vote, we have to deal with shit like this. So I understand. I do it anyway because knowing how hard it is for my ancestors to be able to enjoy this privilege, and I hate to call it a privilege, but I have to because at one time in America, we weren't able to vote. We weren't even seen as full human beings. So because I know that, I feel like it's my just due or my duty to honor that and to take advantage of their rights. But everybody ain't me, and I get it. It's really like, it's really a mess. This would never happen in a white town. Never. And I just feel like you can't trust any politicians regardless of their party affiliation. And you definitely can't trust the law, the lawmakers, the government, anybody in positions of power. It was really hard to watch that, but things like that need to be exposed. Like these are the things you expose. Because this really sheds light on how systemic racism truly works. It's bigger than a white person not liking their black neighbor. It's a system. It's the basis or the foundation of how our country is built and how it continues to run. So look up voter suppression because this shit is real. And if anything goes wrong in this election coming up, this is why. This is definitely why. So PA is moving into the green phase in a few days. And honestly, I know a lot of you guys are so happy, so excited, but I am not looking forward to it. And here's why. First off, I've enjoyed my time at home and the comfort of my house. I was able to do things that I put off for years. I started this podcast. Now, I've always wanted to do a podcast, but modeling was my main focus. It was my baby. It was my primary source of income. So I gave all of my attention to it. So a lot of things that I wanted to do took a hit due to modeling, right? Also, I'm starting a swimsuit line. I shoot it tomorrow. I'm so freaking excited. I've been sitting on that dream for at least eight years. I went and talked to a seamstress eight years ago. And I showed her my designs and she gave me her rates. And I couldn't afford them at the time. So I was going to wholesale swimsuits. And then I was like, uh, too much money. Wasn't really there. Just came off of a TV show. Wanted to get signed to an agency, so I pushed that to the back and pushed my modeling career to the forefront because that was always my original dream anyway. But you can have more than one dream, and it's okay to exercise all of them, right? So I tried to make it come to life again probably five years ago. Didn't happen for whatever reason. And then when I finally got signed and I started to work a lot more and have a lot more auditions, 
I didn't have no time for a bikini line and I wasn't about to make time for it. I was like, I was, I literally had tunnel vision. Like I was running straight towards my mark and anything outside of that just wasn't going to happen. So with the pandemic happening, and I'm not saying that I wanted the pandemic to happen at all. I'm just looking for the silver lining. So with us having stay at home orders, I already had a lot of time with myself. I had a lot of time to think about my business, my modeling career, what I really wanted for myself, what really made me happy, what really caused me unnecessary, unnecessary stress. And like moving forward, what I didn't want to do or depend on. And I've realized that I don't want to just model for brands. I want to be a brand. I want to build a brand. There's only but so much money you can make by being the face of a brand. But when you own your own brand, you have so much opportunity to make a lot of money. So I don't want to limit myself anymore by just being a model. I'm more than a model. And I've always been, but this this experience solidified that for me. I don't think there's anything wrong with modeling full-time. I still will model full-time. It's just that I'm starting to switch focus and starting to really align with a more entrepreneurial mentality because waiting for someone to validate you, to pick you, to give you a chance in this climate with racism, with colorism, like you may never get your just due or you may get rejected so much that you just give up. And I'm not a quitter, so I'm not saying that I would ever give up, but it's a struggle. It's a struggle being overlooked because the industry pushes for this kind of black girl. And you have the beauty, you have the talent, you are investing, you are available and open. Like you sacrifice so much, you know, for your career that you get to a place where you're like, listen, I want to enjoy my life. I want to be financially independent. And what I'm doing right now, it's working, but not at the rate I want it to work. So, of course, I will always model, but there has to be more options for me financially. Like, I love money. I love running my own show. I hate having to wait on people to give me things, even to cut me a check. And I know that, you know, in some way or another, you are always waiting for someone to cut you a check. But when you are building your own brand and your own table, it's a different feeling. Even like, you know, my I have an accessory line and I have received a lot of orders, you know, throughout this three month period of us being, you know, under the stay at home order. And it was so empowering and motivating receiving orders every day and shipping them out and knowing that this is my money. This is my dream. This is what I'm building. And I haven't been on the set since March. And sometimes waiting for your agents to cut you a check can take forever. Like when you book a job as a professional model, it takes three to 90 days for you to receive payment. And in my experience, it's 95 to 130 plus days to receive your check. So it's like, how do you survive like that? So you have to create more opportunities for yourself. And I created a, or I launched an accessory line and it's been getting a lot of traction. It's been getting a lot of support. It's been, the sales have been increasing and I've been having a lot of fun with it. And 
That's what I really leaned on during this stay at home order. And it has helped me tremendously. It has allowed me to still make money, to still have something to look forward to. And when things open back up, I still plan on fueling my businesses just as much as I did while I was at home doing really nothing. So I don't think that any of us are ready to go back out into the world yet. Coronavirus, COVID-19 is still here. When you look at the news, the cases are still on the rise. Florida opened up. There's been a surge there. Georgia opened up. There's been a surge there. And many other states also have had surges due to people going back out into the party scene, back to the beaches, back to the restaurants, just gatherings, large gatherings are making people, you know, more susceptible to catching the coronavirus. And there's no vaccine. There's no cure. There's no real treatment. So why are we going back into green? I don't understand it. I think that it's rushed. I wouldn't be surprised if we got a second wave. Um, We're living in some very scary times. I think that money is fueling a lot of these dangerous decisions that are, you know, being that are being that we are being forced to follow, I'll say, because we don't control anything. We are being told essentially what to do. So with that being said, I'm not excited about this. Um, I booked a job, so I'll be back on set Monday. I know that I'll be protected on set. I know that will be a small set. I'm not worried about going back on set. It's just going back out into the real world and having access to clothing stores and just event spaces. And I just feel like it's not time. And it's beautiful out. It's nice weather. People are going to go out and enjoy this weather. We have been home for three months. People are begging to get out. Like everybody doesn't have the perspective that I have. So some people are like dying at home. I get it. They are miserable and they want to get out. But I just want people to be conscious that this virus is still here. And, you know, I just feel like you have to keep boosting your immune system because you might be forced to go back to work regardless of how you feel about this. So just be smart. Just be aware. And I know that a lot of people feel like this is a hoax, but it's a very real thing. I know people who have died. I know someone who died last week. There's nothing fake about that. I do think it's man-made, but I don't think it's a fake virus. So just be careful. Take care of yourself. Try to limit your exposure to as many people as you can, even with it going into the green phase, because the green phase doesn't mean that the virus is gone. So now it's time for my segment, IG Meme of the Week. A young lady named Brianna Teller is currently trending on social media. She was a 26-year-old black woman who was an EMT worker. And unfortunately, she was murdered over 100 days ago by plainclothes police officers in the comfort of her own home. Now, they had a search warrant. They didn't identify who they were. They were not wearing their uniforms. So her boyfriend doing everything that he could to protect them because he was under, you know the idea that they were probably being robbed. I mean, wouldn't you think that you were being robbed if someone barged into your house? So he let off a warning shot and 
That led them to let off at least 20 rounds, hitting Breonna Taylor over eight times. And unfortunately, she died. But that's not where it stops. After they murdered her, they framed her boyfriend for the murder. So he was in jail fighting a murder case while also grieving the untimely death of his girlfriend. And it took a long time for this case to really gain momentum and come to the forefront. So now a lot of celebrities are using their platforms to just spread awareness about this case because the police officers are still walking free and they still have their jobs. A lot of times when we speak about police brutality, we only focus on black men and how they are affected. And like most cases, black women are left out of the conversation, even when they are also victims of police brutality. So... I don't really know what to think. I don't expect these officers to get charged with anything at all. But, of course, they should be held accountable for what they are doing. So, social media is just creating a lot of memes surrounding this case. Just saying Breonna Teller's name. Talking about what happened because it's such a tragic story. And, you know, it's it's just shocking that these police officers are still free and are still patrolling the streets. So I urge you guys to just say her name, spread this story, look up the case and just, you know, keep doing what you can to just try to fight for justice, sign the petitions, make the phone calls and just keep our family in your prayers. And now it's time for my last segment. What am I watching right now? So I know this is random, but I have been binge watching The Jeffersons and 227 for the last month. Okay, I have not started my morning without one of these shows. And not only do they make me feel nostalgic, but they also give me a great head start for my day. They put me in a great mood. They entertain me. And a lot of the content you know, on these shows, it's still very relevant today, which is shocking because some of these shows were filmed over 50 years ago. The classism, the racism, the whole idea of moving on up because we've been oppressed so long and becoming an entrepreneur and making it out and trying to exist in a white world was happening back then and is still happening right now. It's shocking that TV has cut out almost like a lot of the reality that black people face. Um, You don't really find shows like this anymore. You don't really see shows that are like pro-black or all black and have that like black essence, that imprint, that relatability anymore. I don't watch a lot of sitcoms today for that reason. I think that the best time for like black entertainment was like the 90s. I just felt like when you watch sitcoms, blackness was obvious. It was celebrated. It was present, all-knowing. And now I feel like a lot of the content, a lot of the storylines are so blended into pop culture or into the majority. And that's not to take away from shows like Blackish that I know speaks on a lot of black issues, but... 
I just feel like those classic sitcoms that we had back in the day are unmatched. They can't be touched and I still go back and enjoy them. I love classic movies. A lot of the times with new movies today, I find myself watching them once and never watching them again versus like movies from like the 90s, the 80s. I will watch over and over again, learn the lines, fall in love with the characters over and over again. So it was just something about that time period, like that era that we are missing today in entertainment. And I would love to bring that back because there's nothing like the Jeffersons, 227, even Martin or the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So that's what I've been doing. I've been watching the classics. I've been finding outlets to, you know, kind of get my mind away from the madness at moments because everything that's happening in the world has been taking a toll on my mental health. I have been having some anxiety attacks randomly. Um, I'm still trying to figure out what's triggering them. I know that what's happening in the world probably is the biggest trigger, but that could be the foundation with my anxiety, but certain things will trigger an episode randomly and I'm trying to identify what those things are so it's just nice to be able to unplug sometimes and you can be informed and educated and supportive and a part of the fight but you also have to prioritize your mental health and I'm just trying to find healthy outlets to do that so something as simple as watching 227 and the Jeffersons has been helping me cope a lot better helping me feel a lot better and I hope that your mental health is good I hope that you are trying to unplug to some degree while all of this is happening and going on because we're living in do some we're living through some very scary and tough times. I never imagined that 2020 would look like this. I swore this was my year and I know a lot of you guys did and I'm not saying that it's not going to all come full circle and possibly get better, but like these past what 5 6 months have been have been horrible. So I want to speak greatness into you guys, into my life, into the remainder of this year. And I'm going to end on that note. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in every Monday. I have some faithful subscribers, some faithful listeners. So shout out to y'all. Thank you for your support. And I can't wait to see you guys back here next week on Everything is Everything. Bye-bye.